All right, everybody, welcome to Doug and Joe Talk today. Today, we're, what is this, show number four? I think so, we should probably four. I think it's show number four. <laughs> yeah, we need to make a mark on that. And we're already breaking from tradition today. Explain, Doug. Well, we're breaking from our tradition. Um, <laughs> we love, we love um, cigars, but today um, we chose to enjoy some tea. Uh, while we visit and leaves of a different sort yeah it's still leaves so we're kind of in the ballpark here um and this is actually it's grown in popular and fairly um, fairly common uh now in, in some areas but it's uh, a green tea called genmaicha and i think and I'm, I'm not a tea expert but i think traditionally it was poor man's tea because when a poor man, what they did was the sellers would mix rice with it because rice was cheaper than tea. And then a poor man could afford buying the tea that had rice in it <laughs> and uh, felt like he was still being able to enjoy tea. But now it's kind of marketed as a fancy tea <clears throat> in America. And uh, we're enjoying a pot of it today. And uh, uh, it's one I really enjoy. So uh, so we're drinking Genmaicha. How much is tea and how much is rice? As far as the proportions go, you know, I don't know officially, but just judging by when I brew it, when I pour it into the into the thing I'm brewing it in, I'd say less than twenty five, twenty percent probably, less than twenty five percent tea. <clears throat> no, no, less uh, than twenty five percent rice. Yeah, okay. yeah, it's uh, it's just kind of an addition, and I guess if if I can comment about it, I've never I've never smoked those tea leaves before, but <laughs> but I think you get a what I call a soupy taste yeah so it's not just a tea drink it almost tastes like oh are we drinking soup that's exactly what i was going to say you could put some spices or some herbs in this and and make it more savory and it would be just fine you could almost use it as a soup base yeah don't you think uh, yeah i mean i mean you take any leaves and i mean any food leaf and you boil it it's going to be some kind of soup base you i mean go. didn't anne frank boil cabbage leaves no or idea. whatever i have no idea what anne frank did sorry I, <clears throat> sorry <laughs> trying to sound smart mm -hmm. <laughs> So, uh, uh, all right. Well, so that's where we're starting today. So yeah, instead of lighting up today, we're we're uh, we're sipping on our tea and enjoying that. Doug, you've been a little under the weather this week. Just just a bit. Little little sore throat. Little low on energy. Yeah. So maybe it's good to not smoke today. We'll just claim that anyway. Okay. And run okay. with it. Run with it. <laughs> We've got a few different topics that we kind of want to cover today. There's a lot going on in the news, obviously, as there always is. It seems like the, the uh, newsmakers never stop, and so we just want to pick out a few things that caught our attention this week. Doug, you want to kick off? Um, yeah, this one is, it's, it's not super current. I mean, current nowadays has to be within the last 10 seconds, but it's been a few, few days ago um, when ESPN, if, if I got my facts right, kind of it depends on what story you read. Either asked Robert Lee to to move to a different location, or forced him to, depending on who you're listening to. But uh, it was interesting because I I started thinking about it, and I started wondering, well, <clears throat> what if it had been Roberta Leland? I, like, how how close <laughs> does does it actually have to I'm be? I'm personally offended by anybody's name that starts with an R. Uh, their first name starts with an R, and the last name ends with an L. They ought to be banned, I think. Because that's because that's Robert E. Lee's. Yeah, it would be too R. close to Robert E. Lee. <laughs> well, I mean, okay. First, I guess to give my take, I I have not heard specifically from Robert Lee, the sportscaster, his take on this whole thing. I would have to think that he's a little miffed though, because this is something that doesn't touch him. Doesn't touch him in any way. First off, the guy's Asian. Robert Lee, the sportscaster, is an Asian guy, so he's got he's there's no connection with him and Robert E. Lee, the Confederate general, at all, at all, at all, at all. Mm -hmm. Um, there's plenty of it's just this is totally just a witch hunt that's happening here, and and the fact of the matter is is that Robert E. Lee himself, the Confederate general, was against slavery. He free he personally freed slaves, yeah. was against it in the Confederacy, and. I mean, this has this has no historical bearing at all. It's just, like I said, it's a witch hunt. Yeah, and it's and, dangerous. Well, and at some point, you know, we start saying, "Well, did ESPN force him to? What what was his opinion in the matter?" Well, you know, but sometimes, so what? It doesn't matter. I mean, what what perspective are we talking from? Should they be allowed to force him 
not to. Well, they're a they're a business. They're a broad you know broadcasting entity. They can kind of do what they want. They can fire him if they want. You know, I mean, there's. I'm not sure that the government should be involved in what they should or shouldn't do. But the idea of of principle, this pandering, pandering to people who are offended, is um, often a bad thing. Um, I always I always like to go back to the Bible that. Pharisees were the people that in the Bible that were offended at everything, and Jesus was, you know, always kind of hammered against them. And I, I will say, if you were sitting next to me, Joe, and you were offended at something I did, because we're relationally close, it would matter more. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, did I actually say something wrong? Maybe I didn't. Maybe you're still wrong. Maybe I wouldn't stop sure. doing it. But it would matter more because there's a relational connection. Mm-hmm. But in a situation like this... Um, it's making issues out of things that aren't issues. So what if someone's offended? You just say, okay, get over it or don't watch the network. You know, grow up. Yeah. Because this is the, this is the world where we live. You yeah. don't just get to, you know, be offended at everything. Mm-hmm. Well, ESPN is developing a little bit of a track record for pandering to these to these thin-skinned people right now. And and it's unfortunate for a few, for several reasons. First off, I think it's unfortunate because ESPN, whether we like it or not, the reality is is that there's a vast number of men in our country that eat, breathe, and sleep sports. And I feel like um, ESPN doing their pandering is doing some indoctrination to some of these sort of couch potato armchair quarterback types that I, that I know. You know, they hear something on ESPN, it's gospel, <laughs> truth. So, so I don't like the I don't like them adopting a mindset like this because I feel like it's going to damage the the men of the of the nation and and weak men but men nonetheless. Well, and I I might have to argue a little and say that uh, I might be wrong, but I might say they don't have that much power now. But perhaps they do. I mean, you get you get networks that are big and influencing a lot of people. Yeah, everybody does have influence, but I wonder if the men are just not going to say this is stupid. Let's let's go to the high school football game. Well, they should, but see, and this is something that you wanted. I think that you mentioned that you may wanted to touch touch on last week is this new this neo tribalism. This it's like okay, so so there's something in men that there's there's like combat built into us, and unfortunately for American men, I think that that sports has taken that role, and that's mm-hmm. something that is deeply personal to each man combat, protecting our homes, protecting our tribes, protecting our families. Somehow that sort of takes, watching sports takes the place of that. So it's something that's really, really, really deeply rooted inside people that get into it a lot. Now we pick, we pick issues and we talk about things that, that's our combat, at least for now. But, but for some people that, their sports team is their tribe and they will defend it at all costs. And so it's kind of like church. Watching ESPN from people is like going to church. Yeah. What those people say and the values that they portray, it, they're immediately adopted because those are the people that they're trying to be like, their tribe, and and the, the newscasters on stations like ESPN are kind of like the priests who, who administer the gospel of sport. Yeah, there, and and I think I think that all it it all comes out that way, but I but I wonder, you know, at the because I'm you know way more of a capitalist sometimes than I feel I should be as a Christian, <laughs> free market kind of guy. Um, I wonder, I, I think the culture, when the culture at large starts to, to push, or maybe I should say popular culture, because sometimes popular culture, you think culture is moving in a certain way, and it's really not. It's mm-hmm. only the visible culture. Mm-hmm. But when there's that pressure, gosh, I actually think most of the time, it's a money decision. It's like, because if it ever, if talking about certain issues on ESPN by the announcers ever made them lose money, I think they'd fire the announcers. But I might be wrong. I don't know. I, I sometimes wonder, based on some of the decisions that they make, that to push this agenda. I can't. I think sometimes the agenda itself trumps the money mm. thing, because I mean, you think about the people that run these big networks, mm. um, and I, you know, I'm rusty on that. I need to look back into it. It seems as though they've got all the money they need. The people that run the networks, the people mm. that sort of are behind the scenes, they. They have all the money they need. What they're looking for now is power and influence, and and I think they're getting it. <laughs> I think they're getting it. Okay. But you know, well, let's let's talk for a minute about. I, and if we ever we should do this, if we ever catch ourselves being 
a little little negative or maybe too negative about something, what what should it be? Hmm. Um, the, the thing I like about cigars, the thing I like about drinking wine with some of the folks I drink wine with, really, and I'm not a sports guy, but I think what sports is supposed to be is if you're a Protestant or a Catholic, if you're a cigar smoker or a not cigar smoker, or if you're a liberal or a conservative, you're going to sit down and you're going to watch a game, you're going to yell and shout, root for your team and have fun. Have fun. And you're not, you don't care if the guy sitting next to you is a Republican or a Democrat. You care if he's a Redskins fan <laughs> or an Oilers fan. You can't I, say Redskins. I can't? No. Oh, sorry. But did they change it? You triggered some people oh, just there. It. Anyway, yeah. sorry, I picked the wrong. But are the Oilers still a team? I'm really not. Sorry. I don't know. Is okay. that offensive? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think the Oilers are offensive. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Everything's offensive nowadays. It's so hard. But that's, that's what it should be. And kind of in a sense. I mean, that's what, that's what church ends up being too because you have this hodgepodge of people trying to trying to understand the holy scripture and god and coming from all different backgrounds and it's just it's neat when people can come together on something common and on one level not get hung up in the details and on another level still be able to talk about them you know anyway um so did we did we beat Robert Robert Lee, the Robert Lee horse? The Robert, actually, Robert E. Lee had a horse. There was like, I heard another story, and this one I should have taken some notes on. Um, somebody was offended of something that was named after, it wasn't named after Robert Lee's horse, but had the same name as Robert E. Lee's horse. And I am wondering how far, oh, you know, wow. how far do we carry this line? And when you And when you start, the thing is, when you start talking about any should, whether it's just a moral or whether it's a policy, somewhere you got to draw a line. Yeah. That's what it is. Well, and to bring it back to Jesus and the Pharisees <laughs> yeah. discussion, the way that Christ combated silly discussions and distractions was he refused to give over the premise of, he refused to accept their definitions of things. And I think that's really what we have to do too. Yeah. It's, un, it's unfortunate that, like you said, the apparent culture, the visible culture, seems to want to adopt all these silly distractions. But, the, but Main Street America isn't. Yeah, thanks. And and I think that we ought to take heart in that fact that, you know, there are more people unfooled by it than than the TV would allow you to believe. Yeah. But anyway, do you think that uh, Mr. Lee, the sportscaster, has a has a case to sue his employers about that? Some kind of dis- name discrimination or something? <laughs> It's interesting. I mean, it, it would it would probably def- d- depend on the details that we don't know. You know, if they forced him to again, yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a free market guy. Uh, I don't know. I mean, of course, it, it, even within free market, if if somebody was, you know, was Latino and they said, "Oh, wait a minute, we've got a lot bigger black base in this town," then we're going to ask you to take this other game and we're going to put the black guy in charge of this game. Would that be Would that be racism? Would that be illegal in some way? Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> perhaps it would be. Again, I'm a free market guy that says, you know, you're making the decision based on money. Make the make the decision, and you know, uh, I don't know if he does. That would be. I would see. I would want to see. I, what I would like to see is the actual money, in the, the financial implications of that decision to pull him, because. Oh, yeah. Only then could we really know if it if it was a financially driven decision or if it was an agenda driven decision, and who was sort of applying the leverage to make that decision. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. Well, the one thing we'll never know is if they're going to be better off for making that decision or worse off. I I I think people are getting tired again. If you're talking about football, I mean, if you're watching football. You don't want to. You, you don't want to get into politics. You don't want to get into that stuff. You don't want to get into these conflicts that don't have any. You want to talk yeah. about why the yeah. You know, we we'll talk about the game, right? Uh, the and, players and who's better and uh, and all that. I, I suppose. I mean, even I don't even think you want to talk about whether Colin Kaepernick stands for the anthem or not. Yeah. Really, I mean, it's just it's getting stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's play, let's play football. Let's enjoy football, even though I don't care about football. It's mm-hmm. like, let's smoke a cigar. If we want to talk politics, great. If we want to talk something else, great. You know, let's let's argue and then talk about how good the cigar is. <laughs> right. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so. Yeah, I'm sure that we'll get around to talking about sports and, and <laughs> tribalism and leader and uh, 
things like that again. But. I wish I cared more about sports. Kind of. You know, I will say this. I have never been a sports person. I don't care about ESPN. I don't care about standings or stats or teams or anything. However, I will say this. The last probably 18 months, I have enjoyed going to sporting events more than I ever have in my life. And I've actually found it to be a really great, I mean a really great relaxation tool. And I, you know, this is from a guy, I'm, I'm always way too busy, but this last, probably last year or two, I've been going to some hockey games, been going to some baseball games, been going to some football games, and man, I've had so much fun. It's just great, because I don't care. I'm not invested. Yeah. I just go and watch yeah. and have fun. Well, and I, that that happened to me in an avalanche game when my yeah. when my sister, um, when she was married, her ex husband or husband at the time, um, took me to an avalanche game, and they actually somehow got these really cool box seats, wow. and from some like some rich person gave them the tickets because they couldn't go that they knew, and I'm like I'm asking all these questions. Oh wow, what does that line mean? You know, mm-hmm. that they're crossing this line. To, tell me about this. So I was learning, but at the same time I was. Just enjoying the energy. Those guys yeah, yeah. that they get in fights. And I'm like, this is kind of fun, it's you know? Fun. <laughs> hockey especially. And live hockey. You can't watch hockey on TV. Oh, no. And and I, you have and, to be. Yeah. And, I, and I, you know, I'll watch maybe in the fall time. I'll enjoy to listen to listen to the Hawkeyes play on the radio or something while I'm in the tractor. But nothing compares with live. And, and live hockey is the best. The closer to the ice you can be, the better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, there, there is something um, about it that's so Oh, it's fun. great. So great, no, yeah. We we love the sports when they're when they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, entertaining me, entertaining me. So, uh, you know, I I hope it's okay to mention this. So, uh, our our unofficial sponsor, because we're drinking tea, yeah, it just seems logical that our uh, our uh, unofficial sponsor of the day could be Tea Source. Tea Source, yeah, we bought some tea from them. They've, we've always had great service with Tea Source. Well, and you guys lived up there. For a, for a while. Yeah, where yeah. are they located? In Minneapolis? I can't tell you the address. They have they. I think they used to have three stores. Now maybe they have two, something mm. like that. But uh, they have a couple up there. I've, I actually remember now. I've been in. I've been in a store, one of their stores. But the thing that I years ago had kind of I think read in a ma- one of their magazines or something. It seemed like the owner um, of the company was was kind of relationally tighter. He wasn't just buying from a. From an importer that says you should you should sell this at your store. It's like he was more closely connected to the plantations, like to, and he I would assume he's probably traveled over and maybe buys some of the stuff himself. But it felt like he had a connection with the plantations, with the countries themselves, saying, "Okay, yeah, we'll carry this from your plantation." And so that close connection seemed really cool to me. Not to mention the fact that when it comes where the rubber meets the road, the tea is really good. Yeah. You know, so anyway. So yeah, I guess this would be a good time to introduce one of our new segments that we're going to try to do each week is our unofficial sponsor segment. So this mm-hmm. week, our unofficial sponsor is Tea Source, and we'll put a link in the show notes today so you can go check out Tea Source. And we don't get paid for our unofficial sponsorships, but we, uh, we just want to share some things that we like with you and... Maybe that'll turn into something someday, and maybe it won't. But anyway, that's right. Tea I, source. I love their tea, and, it, and if this this matters, I actually decided to do a, a, a presentation at tea at my local Rotary Club once, and I asked them to send me, like I don't know, two two pounds, three pounds of tea, and they just sent it to me. Say, so, yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna promote tea and promote us, go ahead. Here's three pounds of tea. Well, that's great. So they, they were good. They were good to and, us. So. And they didn't know you from. Adam, I mean, well, I mean, I'd been a customer for ten years, and they could look, look back in the records and say, "Oh yeah, Doug's bought some tea from us." But, okay, you know, as far as that goes, they've never met me face to face. Sure, well, that's know. great. <clears throat> anyway, how often do you order? Uh, well, we order a lot. We usually order once a year, sometimes twice a year, because we just get large quantities of what we know we like. Mm-hmm. And you, the fun part about it is, you go through the magazine. We know what we like, but then we're like, "Yeah, we need to try a you know a quarter pound of that, a quarter pound mm-hmm. of a quarter," and you try two or three new ones every sure. time. That's cool. So. So, okay, so I have a question about this genmaicha. Did I say it right? You did. Genmaicha. Mm-hmm. If, I, if I made it for you again, might you like it? Okay, that's enough punishment. <laughs> <laughs> for the day. Anyway, uh, no, my question is about, I, I, I can taste the starchiness of the rice. Mm-hmm. At least I think I can. You know, we talked earlier about it's got this substance, like soups, a soup substance to it or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you could ferment this. If there's enough starch in it that you could ferment it and make some kind of genmaicha, get drunk. Maybe. Do you know what kombucha is? I know kombucha, yeah. Okay. 
So that's fermented, but a different. That's not the yeah. same type of fermentation that the rice would be. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I know kombucha is interesting, <clears throat> but with this, they make rice wine. Yeah. So. And of course, I wouldn't probably want to stop there. If I was going to take a grain, I'd want to go ahead and take it all distill away. It. Distill it. <laughs> I think I would, too. I would, but, too. Um, we should make... I mean, it would be easy enough to make a quart of this and... Just distill it? Put some sugar in it and a little bit of yeast and see what you get. Yeah, it would be. I mean, you'd, it'd be boiled and pure, so you wouldn't have any... Uh, you wouldn't have any impurities or weird things happen. May have to give that a shot. I feel like I talk about the cigars more than I talk about the tea, too, so I should probably say, <laughs> well, what am I getting here? It's uh, it's grassy. Then just the, the soupies is pretty dominant in the, so the, the rice soupiness. It's like um, if you've ever had the sizzling rice soup at a Chinese restaurant mm -hmm. and you could take the chicken broth away and just be left with the rice, that's, that's kind of what... What I would recommend, what I'd say you're, you're tasting, but then you get the green from the green tea and it doesn't taste, I've tasted really crappy green teas before. And this, this isn't crappy green tea. Traditionally it was crappy green tea because then they'd put the rice with it to sell to poor people. But, um, this is pretty good, um, green tea. Um, it's consistent. It always, always tastes the same. It doesn't vary. It's smooth, not tart, not malty. So I keep, I think it might just be a trick because it's so soupy. But I keep thinking I'm tasting onion and chicken. You know, it could well. be. It could be, you know, because, yeah. I'm a carrot. Maybe that's a yeah, trick. Yeah, Maybe that's a trick, too. The, earth, the earthy yeah, root, root vegetable right carrot. There, yeah. yeah, maybe. Wild. Hmm. Wild. All right, so. Well, let's, should we shift topics here a little bit? We've, uh, kinda, sure. We kind of hit that one a little bit hard. What do you want to talk about next? Um, I... I I don't want to talk about UBI, but <laughs> but go ahead, get us started. Mate, well let's let's save. <laughs> maybe we should save that for later too. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. Well, um, we we kind of mentioned this a little bit last week, and I think we probably have dropped the line in the other in the other episodes as well. But what, we sort of a theme that we feel is important in a free society, mm -hmm. and as well as in Christendom, is the idea that we are free to be wrong. Yeah. So, so we we had that list on our list of topics today. Let's let's talk about that a little bit. All right, you want, want me to want me to start? Yeah, I, I think I think this is a good launching point. So, um, regardless of what your opinions are on on vaccinations, I in the past I've recently resigned my job and recently resigned from some service clubs, kind of taking a life change. But for several years, I was part of the Rotary Club, International Rotary International local Rotary Club, and they're trying to vaccinate the world against polio. There's a lot of controversy there. I don't want to get into that, because that's not the point. I'm not sure that I agree with some of that. Yeah, this isn't about vaccinations. Right. This is about it's not about that. Else, yeah. It's about something else. I was sitting in a meeting, and somebody was saying, oh, we're so excited that we're finally going to get a country. It might have been Pakistan, but I can't remember the country. We're finally getting into the country and giving vaccinations. In fact, it's mandated by the government that everybody has to get these vaccinations. And I'm like, I leaned over to the lady next to me and I said, the government is forcing people to get vaccines. That feels wrong to me. So it doesn't matter. I'm not even going to argue whether the vaccine is a right, is a good thing or a bad thing. I'm saying it's that individual person's right to not put something in their body, even if they're wrong. If you think the vaccine's good, it doesn't matter. That person has the right to be wrong about the vaccine. And so it's not even an issue of whether the science is there. It's an issue of that person has the freedom to say no, even if it's wrong. Hmm. It's a it's an interesting concept because it has it has implications across the board for so many different things and I don't know it. The thing is, I, while I agree with you mostly, mm -hmm. I think that there is a limit to that freedom because if you're you're really wrong about something that really affects a lot of people, well then, then uh, do you are you do you still have the freedom to be wrong? I mean, if you have the freedom to be wrong, 
<laughs> person, then an evil dictator like Kim Jong-un is not in the wrong. He's actually got the freedom to be... Well, he might still be in the, in the wrong, but at least he has the freedom to be so. Is that what you're saying? Um... Maybe I'm not. I mean, okay, so okay. You're confusing what I thought yeah, was really I clear blew, to me. I blew it way up. That's all right. That's good. So, like, if uh, take for example the the idea that um, okay, let's let's just say if I believe that food is bad, that people who eat food uh, that food is not healthy. Mm-hmm. That's my belief. I believe that food is not healthy. And so I decide that myself and my children are not going to eat because I believe food is bad. Mm-hmm. How would you treat that situation? Um, I, I would, I would say that as a father, as a husband, you have the freedom um, to not to not feed your children to the point of their of their death. I think, I think, but then that but there's. And that's a hard one, so it's good. You're you're pushing me to the line yeah. here. So, uh, but I think maybe not. Uh, but mm-hmm. for this moment in our conversation, yes, I think so. Yeah, it's it's <clears throat> see, and that's the thing. I think that's the case as well. But that's the argument, isn't it? The, ar- the argument for the people who want to control our lives is that you don't have the freedom to hurt people. That they would they would just jump right there. You don't have the freedom to hurt people. So if you with with withhold some kind of treatment for them that could possibly save them. If we only save one, then it's worth forcing all to do it. That's their logic. And we hear it over and over and over and over again. If we, if we only save one with this law, if we only save one with this program, well, then it's worth it. The, 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 the flaw, the, the problem with the logic there, and you, you know it too, but that's yeah, okay. I, I appreciate you arguing. That's just their argument. Yeah, I appreciate you arguing that side of it because the flaw is if we don't do this, this is the only way to save that one. And that's not true. Mm-hmm. It isn't the only way to save that one. You could not force, you, you could not step on someone else's freedom and still save that one. What they don't want to do, they don't want to work as hard to protect this right and still save that one. Mm-hmm. They want to say, no, that, that they're saying that's too hard. We're going to do it this way. Yeah. And a lot of times it, it actually comes down to marketing. It comes down to promoting what you think is right. And especially today with the internet when everybody can promote whatever they think. I think it's easier almost now to make the argument um, against those people that are trying to force and say, if that's your view... Start your nonprofit. Get the information out there. Start promoting it. Put up your Facebook page. Get your information out there. Do not infringe on this person's right. Now, I, I should give you a chance to comment before I, I want to I want to talk about passive and active harm. But we'll, we can mm-hmm. come back to that if you have a comment. I want to give you a chance. Well, I do have a comment because I think that this is okay. Well, I well we I kind of played a rhetorical trick and and mm-hmm. redirected it to the absurd kind of a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, we really see this idea playing out right now because right now in our country, in the United States, freedom of speech is under attack. Mm -hmm. And that's one of our most basic, supposed to be one of our most basic protected freedoms that we have. To to say whatever we want to say. Excuse me. The problem is, is that some people now have gotten so stirred up and debilitated by others having opinions that they don't agree with, that they've now decided you can't say certain things and certain types of people who hold certain types of belief need to be totally and absolutely censored and they shouldn't even exist. Um, one case in point is the things that we had going on in Charlottesville. Was it Charlottesville? I think that's the name of the town. Mm-hmm. In South Carolina. Um, where there was a, there was a neo-Nazi... West march. Virginia. Was it in West Virginia? Charlotte, okay. North, Charlotte, North Carolina. Charlotte, North Carolina. Charlottesville, West Virginia. Charlottesville, West Virginia. There was a neo-Nazi march. And, um, you know, people protested against it. And, and there was all this hullabaloo on both sides and blah, 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 whatever. The fact of the matter is that we, we have to be willing to stand up and defend everybody's freedom of speech. They have the right to be wrong. They have the freedom to be wrong. They still, their voice still needs to be heard, and and that's something that pe- just makes people have a total cognitive meltdown. Is to say that we should defend mm-hmm. the free speech of neo Nazis. Mm-hmm. 
But we have to, because as soon as they go after the neo-Nazis and obliterate all them, then they can just pick, when I, when I say they, they with air yeah. quotes, mm -hmm. but they can just pick who they want to censor next and just go after them and go after them and go after them. It's, it's an absolute... What you're talking about, I think, with freedom to be wrong is freedom of speech, kind of. Um, yeah, the, my, the reason I kind of wrap this phrase up in my brain <clears throat> is because I've heard sometimes people argue about science, science and facts, as if that's... Consensus? Some, yeah, the consensus <laughs> the, of science the, the and facts. Invisible consensus? Yes, <laughs> as if that somehow trumps people's rights. Mm. And the way I got the phrase was, well, if I don't trust you, if I don't trust your science, if I don't trust your government leadership, even if you're forcing me, I still have the right to be quote-unquote wrong in your worldview mm -hmm. because this is my right. This is my right. Um, so you, you can't force, you know, it, it's not only is it morally wrong, but you probably couldn't actually force me to do Mm -hmm. So you might be able to chain me up and you know and shoot something into my arm if you wanted, but <laughs> well, yeah. Ultimately, ultimately, it's at the force of God, and that's what that's what all laws yeah, are. Yeah, it's it is really fascinating though the the way that that society or they I don't even know who they are, but the way they continue to attempt to completely take every bit of sovereignty that we have or every bit of freedom that we have and man i mean we could that rabbit hole goes all the way down yeah but but uh, it starts certainly starts with with the idea that everybody has to conform to what the consensus is of right right and when you started talking about free speech there was I, i'm not i don't know much about the aclu seems like i've heard more negative about it than positive but there was a former president or something somebody that was employed by the aclu in the past was very articulate and well-spoken talking about free speech with I think Ann Coulter was on this panel uh, maybe the Washington Post did this it kind of th those details don't matter she was very articulate at saying <clears throat> that when we, then when they were defending the free speech rights of people that they thought were <laughs> horrible and abhorrent at the same point in defending them they were they were adamant about also saying if you disagree get your butt out there mm -hmm. and disagree yeah they were saying we're, we're not promoting them we're saying they have a right to say it and you have a responsibility to counter them yeah and that's really important i mean that's maybe it's not more important but it's at least as important as um you know arguing arguing that they're wrong you know you just want to say no it shouldn't be allowed Okay, and next week, right. the, the power of the government will shift, and what you have to say won't be allowed. Yeah, it's exactly right. <clears throat> I, I have to just shake my head anytime Antifa is mentioned, because they're kind of at the forefront of shutting down who they call Nazis or fascists, when they their tactics are, I mean, perfectly in line with fascist censorship and... and limitation of who can succeed and who can't succeed, which ideas are allowed and which ideas aren't, and it's it's amazing to me. Ben Shapiro was on, uh, I don't know if you call it a panel, but basically spoke to Congress or the Senate, one of the, one of the two, fairly recently, and I watched segments of it, there were several people that were speaking um, to, the, to whatever government body it was about free speech, and one of the topics came up, well, should, should, or should we make some more laws, should we... Should we do this? Should we try to res restrict? And the best comment, I think, of the entire one-hour whatever panel that was in, in front of the government, he basically said, enforce the laws that are already there. It's like, don't we don't need speech laws. We just need to stop um, uh, what, the legal word I'm looking for. It means aggression. Encroachment. Uh, um, but... Uh, Stop physical acts of violence. Mm. They're against the law. Stop them. Put them in jail. Find them. Yeah. Don't let the. Don't worry about speech. Just stop the things that are already against the law, because at uh, m a lot of the problems that some of these riots have been, um, either police standing down, and mm -hmm. I'm not blaming the police. God bless them. They've got a hard job, but if they're told to stand down, they have. They kind of have to do their job. So somebody, it seems like, is either telling them to stand down 
regardless of all the political why they did it, should they enforce the laws that are on the book? Mm-hmm. Whatever it takes to do that. Yeah. You know. I even read an article, mm-hmm. or a headline rather, this morning that said that some police, and I don't remember which jurisdiction it was in, but some police were refusing to fingerprint the people that they had arrested because the, of the political implications of... I believe that they were, they had arrested some of these Antifa people or something like that, and they weren't, they weren't booking them properly because they, you know. Hmm. Uh, which reminds me, I think it was Ben Shapiro, <clears throat> this <laughs> idea of selective enforcement, the consensus of who's right, who's wrong. I saw a brief article, no, it was a video that Ben Shapiro did. Somebody shared it with me, and I didn't get to even watch the whole thing. But He was basically uh, battered, by battered on television by this transgender man that believed he was a woman. <coughs> did you see this? Um, I, I did. Um, and to just to add a small thing, and then I'll let you keep talking. Yeah. He he wasn't battered, but th- there was a legal line crossed when this man, man. Yeah. <laughs> grabbed him by the neck, pulled him towards him, which is technically he laid his hands on him. Yeah, and he made a threatening statement. And he made and he later on made worse threatening statements Mm -hmm. than what he Mm -hmm. what he said. And and so and so the way I understand it, and you probably know more than I do, because I didn't see the whole thing, but Ben Shapiro sued the guy or charged him with with the actions that he took. And the prosecutor wouldn't touch it because it was political and it was a transgender individual and they refused to basically apply the law in his case because of special rights. I mean, how, yeah. how else do you, what do you... Does this does this apply? Well, yeah... It seems like they have the freedom to be wrong. Yeah, yeah. It's like... Uh, I, I think you've got most of the details correct. I, yeah, I, don't, I don't like that idea. If somebody, you know, crosses... You know, crosses line... I, I do think it's some... I'd, I'd like to know more about the, the legalities of it. Because if if I physically put my hand on you, you know, and grab you, that that's that there's at some point that's considered aggression yeah. that's illegal. Um, but my words at no point can. And actually, I think there might be a line, even in words, where if I say um, I am going to shoot you, mm-hmm. you have the yeah. right at that point. I think. Yeah. To defend me, but it has to be very specific, mm-hmm. um, and there has to be sort of, I think, I think there has to be sort of corroborating circumstances, like you having a gun, and you have it in your hand, and you say, "I'm going to shoot you." Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty open and shut case at that point. Yeah, and, and there might be some finer lines again if you if you actually don't see the gun, but but I, right. I don't know. We're not lawyers, so we can't make those comments. But th- th- I don't think that's the point. I think the point is whether you're a transgender person or whether you're not. Whether you say something offensive or not, you can't legally aggress. And I think that's I'm, and what I'm saying is, when I say that's the law, I'm also saying that's a good law. You you shouldn't be able to physically aggress someone, whatever that is. But um, it just needs to be applied equally. Yeah. And and see, that's the thing that the gay community has been arguing for for years is they want e- quote unquote equal treatment. They already mm-hmm. had equal treatment, mm-hmm. but they're wanting what they call equal treatment. What they're asking for is special rights, and it seems like at least in this case, that's what they've got. Yeah. Well, I, I wanted I wanted to talk about um, so we we kind of jump in topics and that's okay. That's just what we do. It's kind of fun. That's what we do. About active and passive, um, uh, what was it? active and passive harm? Where I have the right to not put something in to refuse put something into my child. But I don't have the right to actively kill them. I think now, and again, I'm not sure what's law and what's moral. But it seems like it's as a parent, I choose what goes into the child. So you can't say you have to, whether it's educate them this way or you have to give them this particular drug. That's I get to choose that. But I don't get to choose to kill them. So right. there is there's a there's an active thing that some people could say you're you're passively causing them harm but you're not act allowed to actively cause them harm. I think that's a legal distinction, but I yeah. don't know for sure. Probably is. I, man, you know, as we talk about all these things, I, you know, we, you, you mentioned earlier that we ought to talk about how things should be or how they ought to yeah. be. Yeah, <laughs> instead of how they are. Man, wouldn't it be nice if we could, if, if there was just such a thing as just real good, honest debate? It seems like 
the government and, I don't know, our culture, whatever you want to call it, has so solidified who the winners and losers are right now. And, I mean, those those lines are always in flux. But, man, like, like on a, on a, somebody has to make a determination whether you're actively or passively harming your kids or whether you're harming them at all. Maybe you're actually benefiting them from withholding a treatment. And that, it's not just vaccinations. I mean, people die from cancer treatments. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think that, actually, I saw a statistic a while back that said doctors are like the number three cause of death in the United States. Misdiagnosis or harmful treatments, whatever. Okay, so... The debate isn't just whether you're actively or passively harming your kids or yourself, but it's actually, like, we can't even have an honest debate, it seems like, anymore, of, what, of whether there is any harm in it at all. Maybe you're benefiting them from making some of these decisions. But, but you know, I mean, that's how it ought to be. We ought to be able to actually bring your, bring your case, bring your point. But it seems like anymore, if you disagree with the status quo, then away with you. Yeah, uh, hmm. yeah, and that that's a that's a problem, and maybe maybe that's a maybe that's a free speech thing, um, but it's it's odd. I mean, things that are radical. I mean, when I hear something that's totally nuts, and it, it's a, it's okay to be completely. Sometimes I like want to go into situations cautiously, but maybe I shouldn't be so cautious. I should have more more guts and just run for it. I'm fine with saying. Um, a woman shouldn't be able to kill an unborn baby in her womb. And the fact that somebody says, it's my body, I can do what I want. I, I want to say that, you know, I, my first instinct inside, emotionally, is that's ridiculous, you're an idiot. But I don't want to say that. I won't say that out loud. Yeah, that's my response. And maybe even the feeling says something about my heart. You know, maybe I should be a little more kind and compassionate in my heart for that person, but... The fact that they're saying you don't even have the right to have this conversation with me is a problem too, mm-hmm. and we should all be able to come to the table. I, I think the problem is that there, there's some fear that if I have a conversation with you about it, I somehow validate your opinion, and that's just that's just not true at all. Um, what it actually does it, it respects humanity. It mm-hmm. respects the humanness and the ability to reason in a person. It actually says no, you're actually higher. You're not down here and an idiot. You're actually up here. And because of that, I, I want to talk to you about it. Either I'll change your mind, you'll change my mind, or we'll at least come out with an understanding of each other's view and maybe we won't change either of our minds. And that's the way dialogue should be. Now, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to the policy issue, someone's got to make that decision. Right. But human to human, that's mm-hmm. how the dialogue should happen. We Well, I mean, just in listening to you, I'm hearing... <clears throat> these ideas of neo-tribalism come back up again because it seems like we're so... We carry so much of our identity based on our our stances on different mm-hmm. things. That Yeah, you're right. That we, we don't come to conversation anymore to try to be... to try to find truth anymore. It just seems like it's... I'm going to try to assert my truth over your truth and to the... Victor go the spoils. I mean, it's not anymore about what is the objective truth, but it's like I'm in this club and you're in that club, so therefore we're just gonna argue mm-hmm. our talking points and go our separate ways. It's it's a really it's a it's a condition that is going to be, I think, very long lasting. And so we've got I don't know, depending on how long we talk, fifteen minutes or so left. So. Do we want to? I mentioned this last week. Do we want to talk about what's? Is there something? Because I see this, our culture heading down this tribalism where we're we're in these smaller pockets, and it's largely because of the internet we can group in these people that think mm-hmm. like us. So that limits us in a way. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that's good about tribalism? Not necessarily the tribalism that's happening in our culture, but it'll, we'll go back and forth there. But is there anything good about grouping with the people who are like minded? I would think there's there is, but I want to I want to kind of get your take on it. Yeah, I think there is. I I think that uh, everybody needs friends. And I think we can have friends that are even closer than our family, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that is an important part of what it means to be human, is that we take care of our own. I think I believe in a general concept of moral proximity, that, that that you have more responsibility to the people that are closest to you. And so I think that 
I think that when we live that out, it's certainly a human thing, and I think it's, I think it's not a bad, it's not part of the negative human condition, I think it's probably part of the positive. Um, yeah, it always feels good when somebody has your back. I think that's, that's one good thing about tribalism. But, uh, oh. go ahead. Okay, when you say proximity, okay, mm-hmm. physically proximal and electronically proximal are different. You want to say something about that? That's the first thing that entered my head. Oh, I don't know. That. I think that. Uh, <clears throat> hmm. Well, I mean, it, there's just something. I guess let's strip it down a little bit. It would seem really weird if I only defended people that disagreed with me. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, right? That's okay. where my mind goes. So right. I mean, I feel. I feel like. You know, it, whether you're, whether your uh, proximity has to do with ideas or whether it has to do with geography, I think that, I mean, I think some in some regards the principles apply the same. Uh, they, whether they, it's positive or negative, I don't know. Well, they, they seem to, and that the only thing that I thought of is that, that there is something about being physically present with people. Um, I don't think you even have to go into the. I mean, there's been some studies done about oxytocin and uh, oxytocin and whatever. But uh, just I, I, I'll, let's just go with that base that physically present with somebody mm-hmm. matters more than being electronically present. There's something there. So I will agree with that. Yeah. So people that are living their life electronically tribal, electronically proximal, are missing something of the human experience that I would say is negative to their being. It would be better if they were physically face to face with somebody. And I'll tell you what, when I'm face-to-face with somebody that just utterly disagrees with me on any policy, any political view, any religious view, I treat them differently. And I shouldn't, probably, but I do. I treat them better in person than I would talking to them online. That electronic barrier takes some of the humanity away in a, in a bad way. Mm-hmm. And I think we need that humanity to be better people. <laughs> You know, okay, <laughs> let me play devil's advocate just because okay, we can. We don't have that much time left, but okay. here's, here's something, though, that I, I totally agree with you first off. I totally agree that it removes something of our humanity. We were made to communicate through voice and through being side by side. We were made to communicate that way. When you strip away things, it does diminish communication. It diminishes relationship, all that stuff. But in our culture right now, it seems though as though men especially, I'll say this about men especially, have lost the ability to confront face to face. It seems like they don't have much of a problem doing it on the internet or digitally, as you say. Um, maybe that's one thing that's good to retain, <laughs> you know, in the in the digital tribes or whatever. Unfortunately it's never it's not usually very constructive. But certainly, um, Maybe it's one area where we do it better not face-to-face, and that's not a positive quality. Mm -hmm. It's just the way it is, I guess. You're physically safer online, generally, most of the time. You're physically safer online making a comment than not. Uh, And at first, I say, okay, yeah, you're physically, that's a good thing, right? You're physically safer. Well, Maybe it's not. I mean, I'm getting a little bit... I'm, I'm kind of challenging myself here in a, in a weird sort of way. Would it be better to be face-to-face with somebody that might punch me so that I actually have to be kinder? I have to be more civil, or they might punch me. Or at least bring a good idea to the Yeah, <laughs> yeah or at least present my idea better. I mean, maybe it would be better. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, I can, just be, I can just be an ass online. I can just be rude. I can be mean. And nobody's going to hit me. You know, uh, I, I remember if I was rude at the dinner table, my mom would back him. Some people <laughs> yeah. say that's abuse. I'm like, no, I'm a better person you're, you're today because of it. That, yeah. yeah. It's like, <laughs> uh. um, there's a story about my dad. He belched at the table. And he didn't even, he wasn't even being mean to anybody. He just belched at the table. His grandma, my, my grandma, slapped him. What do you say? He said, thank you. She slapped him. Three more times, and he said thank you three more times, and finally he said, "Excuse me." <laughs> so I don't know. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> I guess some people have to learn the hard way. Is it how, how it goes? Yeah. Oh man, I, I tell you, uh, I I think that we as people, 
ought not to disregard, or we ought not to believe that um, rudeness, when we're not in person, doesn't do us any harm. Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe I could rephrase that in a more clear way, but <laughs> but you know, you talk about saying something stupid to a guy who can punch you. Saying something stupid to a guy who can't punch you is still harmful to you as a person. I think it's harmful to your character. And it makes you into a person that's sooner or later probably going to get punched by somebody. <laughs> I think you're more, yeah, more likely <laughs> to get punched later. In one way or another. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, for sure. Because you just start to think you can say stupid stuff and it doesn't matter. And you do it over and over and over and over and over and over, and over again online. Mm -hmm. And uh, it does matter. People matter. Their feelings matter. They're definitely nowhere near ultimate, but they matter. Um, you know, I, and I also think though that we need to be allowed to speak passionately. We need to be able to move. I mean, I've, I've been around women that if you speak with your hands, they feel like you're aggressing them or they feel bad. They feel threatened in some way. And, and there may be reasons for that. That's not the point. The point is if I know that and I can make them feel more comfortable, I'll sit on my freaking hands. Um, but that doesn't mean that I'm wrong or that I'm doing anything illegal. It means I care. Um, and I don't think I should be forced to legally care. I think I morally <laughs> should, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and sometimes there's a difference, and I, I like having fun with that when people say, well, we should take care of the elderly. Um, yeah, we should, but I don't necessarily agree with the way you want the government to do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'll take care of my dad, you know. So, you know, when you're, yeah, the idea of being physically present with someone matters. You, you act differently, and you should. You also learn more about how to act. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, well, I think we're played out. Are we? I think we're pretty well played out. Uh, we probably could go for a few more minutes, but I think that's a good place to end it for today. Don't you think? I think so, too. And all of the Genmaicha tea is gone. The Genmaicha is gone. I have a little dribble here left, oh. but I'm going to I'm gonna just... You say something while I polish this uh, off here. All right, all right. Well, we appreciate you joining us today. This It's loads of fun, and we look forward to... To hearing from you guys, too, because it's like we're, we're you know, I, I may be an expert in one or two fields, but, but when it comes to our opinions, uh, we both like to learn. Well, hopefully we learn from each other, but it'd be interesting to learn from some of y'all, too. Um, so keep the content, keep the conversation going. Mm -hmm, for sure. Yeah, remember, uh, we do want to hear from you. So you can send us your questions, comments, or opinions uh, to us, and we welcome them all. And you might even be able to get on the show. Just click the Contact Us tab at dougandjoetalk.com or you can just put a comment in the section below today's show notes and we'll hear from you then so thanks for joining us today guys we'll see you next week